Welcome to Cinema Tea with JV. Every episode, I'm going to pour myself a cup of tea, and I'm going to talk about a movie that I watched. So, come and join me. Pour yourself a cup of tea, sit back, and listen to this episode of Cinema Tea with JV. I don't know why I had to do a whatever. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Tea with JV. It is Bluth Fest episode number three. Woo! Yes, God. Um, <laughs> so Val is back, of Hi. course. Hi. And so this time is Madeline. Madeline, say hello to the people. Hi, it's actually Madeline. But, oh, Madeline. Uh... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, God. There you uh... go. Do you want to keep going or do you want to do it? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Welcome, Madeline. There we go. There we go. Perfect. Seamless. Uh, in the edit, no one's going to notice. They'll um, never know. <laughs> hi. Hi, uh, JV and Val. I am very excited to be here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess we should probably also start with the fact that you also have a podcast and your podcast is directly related to the movie that we watched. Uh, yes, uh, I um, I had a podcast. I say had because we we wrapped it up uh, <laughs> called uh, Lamb Before Timeland, uh, where we literally just went through all uh, fourteen Lamb Before Time movies. Yes, there are fourteen of these films, oh and we you know talked about them. We made fun of the bad ones, just m- most of them, and uh, it was really fun. And that podcast is still up uh we've been working on the a sequel series to it uh but uh as of now it's all available wherever uh you get your podcast so definitely check it out leave a review and uh stay tuned for the the sequel as uh, someone that comes out as someone who was a guest on the podcast uh it is a blast uh it was so much fun (laughs) sorry go ahead no i'll say like uh, val was on easily one of my top three favorite episodes of, of that podcast wait uh, if, who's number if, one i need to I, know i don't want to okay look val you have to understand that there are other guests on say the podcast. it i want to know can't in public say that you were the best guest or i'm gonna get in trouble oh okay that, sorry about that i'm so sorry i can't make i can't make all the other guests feel bad by saying you were the best one i can all okay, the other guests can... except jess i love jess uh <laughs> jess feels good um, what Val says is not representative of the Land Before Time land brand. Uh, <laughs> their their opinions are their own. Uh, not no affiliation with our with us. Not <laughs> the best guest. No. Uh, unrelated. I watched. Well, actually, directly related to that kind of. I did watch a video earlier that was a compilation of Bob the Drag Queen starting shit with people and. <laughs> That just gave me that vibe, like, a lot, because I do believe that that directly happened in that compilation. Anyway, oh, yeah. Oh, I will, yes. Oh, I my God. Link... Me, me, and, me and Val definitely have a, um, I guess, a drag performance relationship. I don't know what else. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Uh... No, I would also absolutely. We went to the movies the other day, and I, I would absolutely call whatever we were doing while we were hanging out a drag performance relationship. 
yes yeah. okay but in like a, a nice like val you're like one of my besties so it's it's all cool it all yeah. works out and you're one of my festies <gasps> i don't know what that means but that's you know really... uncle fester <laughs> i don't like where this is going <laughs> oh my do god you, do you know uncle fester it means From... that you're a big fan of uncle fester <laughs> are you not do you hate uncle fester <laughs> i i love every part of where this conversation is going it's just i don't know where i am i feel lost like i'm out at sea <laughs> well that's because we've journeyed all the way back to the dawn of the times yeah what speaking, a, speaking what a emotions. fabulous yeah. segue so we watched the land before time um which came out in 1988 i'm sorry <laughs> fucking dying over here oh my god um, <laughs> so we watched the land before time which honestly a couple things up top one cried multiple times oh my god it's so i i Both lose of you. it I've yes. seen this movie like a thousand times and I cry every single time I watch it. It's so good. It's so it's, sad. It's really very, very good and like holds up fairly well. I think, um, well, okay, there was another another thing, which is that the movie in and of itself is a cool 68 minutes and that's it. Like mm -hmm. from start to finish, it is like... A little I, over an hour. I like, do think that every so movie should be 68 minutes. I Honestly, agree. Honestly, yeah. I agree. <laughs> like, let's bring it back because, like, truly, like, from the start of the, like, credits to the end of the credits was an hour and four minutes. Yep. That's, yeah, like, you need to... So every Every movie should be, like, around the time of, like, a 60 minutes... Um, yes. New segment. Yeah. Yes. Like that, that whole. Yeah. 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 Aim to tell a story, a full story with like two side stories in 68 minutes. Go yes. for it. Yeah. You hear because... that, Stranger Things? All right. You don't, do, you don't do two hours an episode of your fucking show. Who watches Stranger <laughs> Things? I okay. Who even watches I like that? Her. I would I like to instead watch. I would like to. I would rather watch. Land Before Time six times than the entirety oh of Stranger God. Things season oh four. Oh my God. What if Stranger wow. Things, but it was just Land Before Time? What if it was Stranger Things? What if everything was the same except Littlefoot was now, uh, I don't know, which one? Like Will or Eleven? Eleven. Yeah, Littlefoot is, Littlefoot yeah, Littlefoot is, is L. Uh, uh, Will is uh, Sarah. Uh. <laughs> oh my God. Why does that feel so rude? Oh my god! I feel like <laughs> little. I, wait, 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 wait. Littlefoot is Will. Um, okay. I think Eleven is Ducky. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sarah mm -hmm. needs to be like Billy or something. Uh, just <gasps> yeah. like an absolute rancid, rancid <gasps> character. Oh, she can be. She can be the other bully that like starts mean but becomes like good later. Whose name I'm oh. blanking out on. Who is that? Oh, uh, the fucking oh Steve Harrington. Steve, yeah, yeah, Steve, yeah. yeah. Oh. I love that bitch. Sarah, Sarah Steve. Uh, Spike is um. Oh, Spike is that one from this new from this recent season? Um, Eddie, oh, the, the the stoner guy. Yeah, the stoner Eddie. one. The yeah. one with the car. Argyle. Argyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Argyle. I fucking love Argyle. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're uh, so true. Who's uh, Wait, I would uh, also call Argyle a big fuck because I did, as soon as I saw Spike, I said, that's big fuck. 
Yes. Yeah. And you oh, were and then, right and then for Petrie, that. And then Petrie is the uh, the conspiracy guy. Murray. Oh. Russian. Yeah. Murray. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Petrie is Murray. Petrie is a vibe, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just for everybody. Petrie is a mood. Petrie and, and is I... me. I look at Petrie and I'm like, how did I get on the screen? And why am I a little dinosaur that flies? <laughs> yeah. Petrie. I. One thing, oh, so um, in the show notes, um, there will be, the podcast will be listed there uh, so that y'all can go easily find it. It'll be right there. But also, I'm going to link the um, the hour-long Jenny Nicholson video down there as well, because I watched it again last night, not in preparation for this, but just like to, as a, as a reminder oh my God. of I, where okay. the franchise goes, because First holy off... shit... <laughs> Okay, first off, how dare you bring that woman's name into this podcast? Um, I did not sign off for this. I had one specific thing I asked for beyond this podcast was we do not mention that whore's name. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, so wait a minute. Are you slut shaming? So so Nicholson of all people? No, excuse me, excuse me. I'm You're talking excused. right now. No, okay, hold on. You're I'm talking. Excused. This is my time. You don't know. You don't know what she did. You don't know what she did to me. You uh-huh. don't know that. Uh-huh. uh-huh. They don't know. So, I know. I know. I I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell. And we'll Go see ahead. who's right. So, we released Land Before Time Land like literally a day before that video came out. And we got all of these people like saying, oh, you did like a Jenny Nicholson thing. I'm like, fucking Jenny Nicholson did like an us thing. All right. (laughs) Fucking she found a way to watch our first episode of the podcast and then make a a video like a day later. She I don't she did it. Okay, that's just how things work. That's how production works. She had we actually we actually did uh, our first few episodes. We had je- jokes about um, Jenny Nicholson because of that exact thing, uh, which we thought was very funny. Um, mm. I want to. Okay, obviously, I love Jenny Nicholson. This is all a bit. Obviously. Her stuff is great. I do want to <laughs> say I completely disagree with her um, her assessment of the the Land Before Time movies and which are the best and which are the worst. I I have a completely different Ooh. list. First that... off, she she doesn't rank the first movie as the best one, which is insane to me. Like I literally cannot mentally comprehend that. That's this insane. One, this one objectively has the best music. It's also just the only real one. The other ones are like barely movies. This Can is I like say, a real film. I texted a friend of mine from work who uh loves also the Land Before Time franchise. And I was like, oh, we're watching the first one. And they were like, <laughs> are you watching the first one or the good ones? And I said, oh, oh my God. I'm watching the first one. I and feel then, like, oh my God. And then he said, froze up and hope you like brown and orange because that's the only colors in this movie. I'm going to fucking kill your friend. I don't even know who they are. I am so mad right now. You did meet them at my birthday. I am so fucking mad at your friend. This is disgusting. I hate everything that you just said. This is so anger-inducing. It's also pointedly not true. There was a lot of green and a lot of blue and a lot of purple. 
Um, I did you do you remember the guy with uh, bleach blonde hair at my birthday? You know what? I was thinking when you said like your friends at your birthday, I'm like, I bet it was that guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, I don't know why. I don't know why, but like my head immediately went to him. I don't know. This is now a call out post. Yeah. This is now a a subtweet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It it tends to happen here. It's fine. Um, I I do be subtweeting a lot of people on this show. That's the (laughs) thing that people don't seem to realize. Don Blue brings out the worst in people. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Oh, actually, that is another thing. I will say, um, in terms of like uh in terms of the kink counter we're at zero on this one i would say absolutely zero Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i i appreciate for a lot of reasons not the least of which is this one was like almost too emotional for that yeah i mean i like one could argue there's that sequence with the goo that's a little bit weird but like otherwise that's tar i mean that's just what dinosaurs had to deal with the king counter uh, real quick uh someone needs to go to la brea tar pits like right now is what it I sounds w- like um uh california <laughs> institution a landmark of southern I, california i was gonna say i actually just don't know where tar comes from i, I so immediately upon saying i'm like did they have to i mean i wouldn't be surprised but like what like oh oh i guess oh i guess they would oh fuck well it's supposed to be like quicksand right like that moment is in like every cartoon like oh no i'm sinking and you gotta like yeah the thing that like the thing that quite literally we all thought was going to be a much bigger problem like Mm -hmm. just a much huger issue than it actually wound up being yeah Mm -hmm. uh like quicksand's uh, cool yeah fucking never encounter fucking quicksand now God I damn. thought like every time I went to like the playground, I would just just fall in quicksand and die. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. What yeah. like was quicksand? What is quicksand like specifically? Just there is a pocket of air underneath the sand, and it shifts, and therefore you fall into it. Or is that a different thing? Honestly, that has nothing the fuck to do with anything. Nobody answered that. Don't know. Need- Oh my Actually, god! I need my, I need my co-host. I need my co-host Chris <laughs> to to tell me because I feel like he would know. He kind of knows everything about that shit. Listeners, uh, tweet tweet the answer. <laughs> tweet the mm-hmm. answer. At I did just Google it, but I'm not going to tell you now. Good. Oh, okay. Work. That's that's good. That did that you know, works for me. That's wild. Did you know? Mm-hmm. No, I shouldn't talk about that. Never mind. Let's move on. Wait, I oh! think I think you should. <laughs> I think you, what you should talk about is something you said that was super interesting to me um, regarding uh, Steven Spielberg's original, like, thought behind this movie. Oh, yeah. Please, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, Steven Spielberg had been trying to make, like, a dinosaur movie for a long time, obviously. I mean, Jurassic Park and everything else. But, like, he was extremely inspired by the original um, Disney uh, Fantasia segment with the dinosaurs. Mm. Um, And he always wanted to make, like, his own version of that, like a full-length film that kind of had that same feeling. So when they started to, to, you know, make Land Before Time and get into, like, pre-production, they... He, he said he wanted the whole film to be silent, like that movie was, where it was just music and atmosphere. But, like, everyone else on the team was like, 
Stephen, no kid's going to watch that movie <laughs> if the yeah. dinosaurs aren't talking. So they eventually kind of found this compromise. And I think that's why there's not like a ton of dialogue in this film, especially in the first half. Um, it is still very atmospheric, but yeah, that was definitely where Don Bluth and I think one of the writers um, of the film had to be like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> the, the dinosaurs are going to talk in the film. Um, mm. Yeah, which is like nuts was, yeah. to me because there's so much really moving dialogue. I mean, both of you yes. said how much you cried. Oh, oh God, my God, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That bit, okay. The bit where... Um, well, well, I don't know why the words just immediately left me as soon as I said that. Um, the the moment where he's like looking at his mom and just sort of saying like, "What do you mean? Like, when are you?" Like, oh my god, I'm I can't fucking, even. I'm crying. I, this is, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just crying thinking about it. Uh, JV and I were a wreck watching this movie <laughs> because like, I, like. I mean, not for nothing. I did have a parent die like recently, so like that oh was my God. That didn't hurt. No, like they didn't I'm help. Sorry. Oh no, it it it's it wasn't well. I it was bad, that. but like it, I, I like this was. I don't know. It was uh, scenes like that are always now going to just forever be sensitive to me, and I'm like, and I know that I'm prepared for this. Like this is just a thing that I'm aware of in like mm-hmm. all movies. That's going to be yeah. a touchy thing for me now. But like. Right. It was one of those things where I was like, damn, talk about a believable moment in this little movie. Like, just a really, just like a a perfectly captured, like, a well-written moment that just speaks to, like, that as a topic. And also, how you, like, how as a child you might deal with that. Particularly mm-hmm. being, like, a... Actually, that's another question. How old is this child supposed to be? I uh, get the feeling they're like at least like eight, maybe or ten okay. at the oldest, probably younger than that. Um, okay. And again, human years or dinosaurs, like. But I think, right, because yeah. he's at least old enough to kind of like understand what's going on, but not too old where he really gets it. You know, it, it's it's kind of in yeah. that in between area. But I agree with you, uh, JV. Like this, the that moment is so authentic to to, to me of Littlefoot like watching his mother die and kind of going through like all of these stages of grief in real mm-hmm. time. Like we kind of watch him like, you know, he gets angry, he gets depressed, he gets all of these little things and it just feels so real. Like, I think that's what really hits. Like, even though these are, you know, cartoon dinosaurs, it's like, I, you just, you it's, it's like, they feel like kids. Like Littlefoot feels like yes. a child going through depression and these other dinosaurs like also feel like authentic children. All of this, by the way, completely out the window in the sequels. They don't act like anything realistic after this <laughs> one. But like well, this, well. Is- I was gonna say um, if it's okay, and that is because, and correct me if I'm wrong, Madeline, but um, that is because they were voiced by kids too. Yeah, which you don't. I really- be- yes, I believe yeah. so. I believe that they were voiced by children. Yeah, not the sequels. They were, some of them came, sorry, I know I keep interrupting you. No, 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 go. <laughs> I love to, this. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember in real time, like, um, no, I think a lot of the kids did stay on for the sequels. Like, I think Sarah's uh, voice actress stood on for at least a few of the sequels. Um, So it was kind of like 50-50. I think Petrie got, got um, switched with like, um, hmm. 
Oh God, what's his? I, I can't oh, remember. I am googling Petrie. Petrie's voice actor, in at least yeah. in the first one, was like fully an adult man at this time. Okay. Yeah. So. All right, so they weren't all kids, but like a lot well, of them were. Yeah. Like you said, like Ducky was a kid. Uh, yeah. I think Sarah was definitely a kid. Uh, Littlefoot was. Littlefoot yeah. was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Yeah, and yeah. that's fascinating because you don't really see that nowadays in mm-hmm. children's animation. You see a lot of, especially like, a, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this a little bit and maybe not in American Tale, but uh, Secret of Nim. But like, you see a lot of like celebrity stunt voice casting and it is just, it takes you right out. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's really nice to have like the genuine emotions and sounds of like children. <laughs> I don't yes. know. It's, it's very that sensitive and soft to me. Real. No, yeah. like it, yeah. that's why, no, like, um, uh, Hey Arnold did the same thing where like all the voices were kids. Uh, the, the original Charlie Brown specials did the same thing. And it just feels like, yeah, like a, so much more authentic. Not that there aren't like adults that can't do like really good children's voices, but like oh, there course. is that authenticity that's just so, yeah, just so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like having, uh, there is that thing of having an adult, um, having an adult voice of child in anything. On the one hand, like, while it's, while, well, okay, here's the thing. I get it. I get why that is a thing that we need to do. However, mm-hmm. uh, it you do lose something. You lose something in the way that, like, you lose something in the, of the authenticity there. Right. Um, but and also, this is coming like, from JV and I, who also voiced children in, like last year and won awards <laughs> for it. So, well, yeah. Aww, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I. If there's one thing that I know that I can't extremely do well, it is voice children. I maybe a toddler. I could not toddler. Sorry. Um, like I could do like not like a preteen maybe, but like not really well. Especially not now. Like right. I used to be able to do that quite convincingly and quite well. Um. Granted, also, it's weird to say that I can't do that because I have a, um, I have, my little brother is, uh, like 16 and his voice is like so much deeper than mine and has been for years uh-huh. at this point. It's, it's what, but then again, he also is like five, like six, four at this point, which is fucking great, like fucking crazy to oh, see God. and think about. Um, like wow. he just towers over me. It's fucking wild. Um, uh-huh. Like even when I put on high heels, I'm not at I'm not at his height. It's fucking oh incredible. Gosh. Anyway, like oh my god, that sounds wild. so euphoric. I need to meet your. <laughs> <laughs> I just like when people are taller than me. I'm like, aw, just stay here for a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's what's fair. wrong with me? Fair, We're essentially that. Gomez and Morticia. How could you do this to me? <laughs> oh my god, that honestly, I I both love and hate that you just said that to me. Why? Oh, like a 50-50 split. Any, um, I wanted, because we're talking about like a, a, a good adults doing kids' voices. I just immediately thought about uh, Rugrats, yeah. um, which has, I think, some of the best voice acting ever. But I think the difference why something like that works is because it's, it's stylized. It's like an interpretation of like what a baby could sound like because, you know, yeah. babies can't actually talk and all that stuff. What? So it's more like... Sorry, I can't talk. I don't know. Like, I didn't want to spoil. Like, um, Boss Baby isn't real. I don't oh know if you all are of that. Well, the no! Boss Baby. Uh, that also goes for the Insurance Baby, who is also a Boss no! Baby. 
is also not, yeah. As we hear Val lose their mind. Right. <laughs> I, side note. Oh my I just... god, no, when I found out myself that the, the babies didn't re- couldn't really talk, like I I had to go on a trip. I had to I had to backpack across Europe for a little bit to um get my bearings. Find yourself. <laughs> Find myself, yeah. Oh my god. I I need y'all to know the funniest thing that I just read. What? Um it, it's not like it's so much that it's funny, but it's just that like I can't imagine this having been how my life went. Um the, <laughs> okay. Um so Littlefoot currently as in the, this first man the, the first man who What's his who, name? who voiced uh Gabriel is his name. Gabriel Damon. Here's the thing. Sorry, He's Gabriel Damon? An angel and a demon? Sorry, go ahead. Gabriel Damon. He is a real estate agent. <gasps> I, I cannot tell you why that is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, but you know, good for, you good for him. This, you, know. you know what? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this is a great thing for him. It's just one of those, like, wow. Imagine life having you go from, yeah, I was in the land before time, a very, like, you know, well-respected, like, well-known movie that people like rather a lot. And now I sell houses to people. Well, you know, even looking at During his... two recessions. <laughs> <laughs> even, I, I'm looking at all of his, like, roles. Uh, mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, just to kind of bring it back, he did a, an additional voice in... The Little Mermaid, which, JV, you had a really <gasps> interesting quote at the very beginning of this movie. Oh. Um, you yes. said, and I quote, this gives Little Mermaid vibes, but different. <laughs> oh, my this God. This movie came out before <laughs> Little Mermaid, too, which is and so great. Did. And it's different. Mm-hmm. It di- okay, so it starts off with, like, an interesting sequence underwater, <laughs> which is why that that was where that came from. I just need for y'all to know. That's why I said it. He was underwater, and it was a whole thing. Um, so, so just to <laughs> clarify, anything that may be taking place underwater, are you going to say, this is like Little Mermaid, only different? <laughs> it was specifically that it was the opening, because you know that, like, the iconic sequence in The Little Mermaid were, like, you the little fish jumps back in the water and is swimming around and like you go past all this like ocean scenery mm-hmm. and then just like the figure of a mermaid emerges yeah. like or merman effectively because that is fun fact the first mermaid that you see in this movie is a is a man um anyway yeah, i just find course. that to be delightful Sick. um I find that personally delightful as a former professional merman that that was a fact that I could could hold on to. Um, oh my god! Anyway, wild shit about my life. But anyway, so um, that scene, like, and that wasn't the only scene in this movie that I that like definitively seems like it wound up in in a Disney film later. Um, in that, like, there's that underwater bit with, like, just a light bit of music playing, and it's sort mm-hmm. of establishing the time period you're in and how life sort of works on this planet. Yeah. Or in, in this time period. The planet is Earth, apparently. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, not not if you read my manifesto. No. <laughs> the Madeline Manifesto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
You know how people say that the world is uh, only a six thousand years old? False. It's actually less. Only like uh, three hundred years old. Oh um, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you can read about it on my website. Uh, www. Uh, the 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 truth uh, uh, squirts. It's also a pornography website. Oh no. It's also yeah. Um, but it's. I have to go immediately. <laughs> I, I can't. Jesus Christ! That's you know, me. you also. That sorry, I, I don't know if you were going to bring this up, JV, but mm-hmm. also, uh, they just ripped Lion King's. I mean, Lion King ripped their whole stage. Like the <laughs> yeah. entirety of that. He looks into his the sky, and his mom is a cloud talking to. Him. Well, not talking to him, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, yes, talking. Well, I guess in the in the Lion King, no talking. But, or was there talking? I think there was. I mean, to be fair, didn't like Simba like drink some like alcohol or something before seeing Mufa? I, it's been a while since I've seen the Lion King. Yeah, Mufa, yeah. Simba just no. kind of went to the club and then came back and he's like, no. "Damn, I wish I could see my dad." Okay, no, he goes, no. He goes what to, like, happened? Rafiki. I thought like Rafiki like gave him like some drugs or something. Maybe I'm no, misremembering. No, no, he didn't yeah. get. He, <laughs> He didn't get drugs from Rafiki. What okay. happened was <laughs> he had an argument with the girl he just fucked and then yeah. like <laughs> walked away. And then saw and his then... dad. <laughs> no, no. And then out of nowhere, a fucking wild monkey just appears and is having a conversation with him. And he's not fucking weirded out by why this man just emerged from the fucking ceiling after he just had sex. But fine. Um, <laughs> and he's like, so yeah, you you like have things that you need to do, but I'm also fucking weird and I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. I can't make this decision for you, but I am going to tell you that if you don't do this, everyone will die. Um, and then he's that, like, yeah. but girl, my life is nice, though. I like my life. And then <laughs> and then he just runs away from the weird fucking monkey and then just like has a sad moment. Think about how his daddy did <laughs> just like out of nowhere. His dad just appears in the fucking sky because right. sure. Can I ask? Is that, <laughs> God, can I ask something real quick? Uh, is that like a, is that like a cis guy thing where you have sex for the first time and then your dad appears no in the sentence. clouds? It's like no. well done, well done. Is Good job. What, is this what they mean by post nut clarity? Is that what that is? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I... Simba. Simba, good job. She's hot. Simba. Oh my God. <laughs> you scored a 10 out of 10, Simba. I can't do the voice. Lord have mercy. Lord next have mercy. Time, oh. Next time, I'm just leaving you two to talk on this podcast. I'm going to leave. I don't... Though, ironically, oh that God. is also another, that scene, um, that scene in particular, where not where uh, Nala gives Nala gives sex. <laughs> what are we all Australian? Where Nala looks suggestively into the camera. Um, mm-hmm. That that is another scene where I'm pretty sure some furries had some awakenings. Um, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Bringing us oh, back, yeah. bring us back very nicely to Don Bluth. Um, yes. none of the, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, none of the animals in this were like hot. Like, I appreciate that. Like, Which is like impressive. What are you talking about? Because, like, he just makes like the most like I'm sorry. grossly no. attractive animal woman in his Wait, movies. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. 
Did you guys forget that Sarah's father is named? Oh my god! Yeah. What is Sarah's oh, father's god. name? Uh, Daddy oh, Tops. Yeah, that's what I thought. God damn it. <laughs> look at the credits. If you don't believe me, look at the credits. That's Shit. his name. And he is a racist. So mm. we obviously now must talk about racism. Now, yeah. here's the thing. <laughs> thank, God, thank God. I'm really, I feel so comfortable talking about racism with you two. This is going to be really good. It'll be fine because I, I feel like there, okay, here's the thing. I think there is a message in this movie generally that like, um, like first and foremost, the movie, I think, inherently makes out that like that it is wrong kind of <laughs> i hope so whoa kind of no, i i no i i yeah. argue it does because mm -hmm. well the thing about this film which, which i for me is one of the reasons i really like it is because mm -hmm. it's now it's anti-racist but it's not like preachy like anti-racist yeah. it's more just like showing you a bunch of like scenes with these dinosaurs who are all different types like just getting along and having the time of their lives, like basically just going against what uh, Sarah's father, daddy top says, but also Littlefoot's mother who basically says the same thing. Yeah. Um, and she does. I, she sure does. And that's I her name. Just mother. That's her name. Literally. It's just, I think it's just, mama. I think it's just Littlefoot's mama. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Which I mean, um, fair. maybe but, little mama. What, what's interesting is that there, there's a long neck mom. <laughs> oh, lo long mom? Yeah, long mom. Long mother. Oh, lo long mother. Mother, mother, please. Mother, help. Neck long mom, yeah. Mom. Long neck mom. I like it. Oh, God. Um, okay. Uh, interesting about this, since we're talking about the, the racism uh, aspects mm -hmm. in the film, um, there was a scene that was cut. No, uh, neck mom. Uh, long mom. No, what was it? I had it. Sorry. Sorry. Long mom. No, long it's mom. like long cat, but it's long mom. Mom, mom neck, because it rhymes with mom long neck. neck. There it mom is. Mom neck. There you go. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Mom Racism. Dom neck. I like that one also. Okay. Um, so daddy, oh. that's why daddy tops and Dom neck don't get her, get along oh very well. That's so true, bestie. You were oh talking about God, racism. Bestie. Um, yeah, all, I'm always talking about racism. Um, I mean, yeah. So there was a there there was a scene uh, that was that was going to be in this film, but they they got rid of it. Where it, they were literally going to like meet a group of dinosaurs that do like the most obvious like like racist like allegory, where it's literally just like the fucking um, uh, sneeches on the beaches with the stars upon bars kind of thing, oh, where it's yeah. like two dinosaurs are like slightly different and they hate each other. And they just cut it because it didn't really flow with the film, and it was it was it was just too overt. Like it was just it got, you know, it was too like on the nose, so they cut yes. it. But there was going to be like more overtly anti-racist like messaging in the film, even more so than what we have there. Wow. Yeah, I like it. It I it does a really good job of like showing how like coming together and working together because everybody is different, but because everybody is different, everybody has different experiences and different skill sets and different yeah. understandings of things that can improve a situation and even save lives. Um, yeah. which, which is a common way that I feel like that's handled in kids' movies. Um, it also does a really good thing of showing how, like, of showing how that type of thing is learned rather than yeah. it be like just an in, 
an innately ingrained thing. It is a learned type of thing. Yes. But also, um, but also showing how like there are certain um there are certain ways in which there are like things that are ingrained within the way that their culture sort of works. Like that was the the sort of difference between what um but between what Daddy Top said, Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, yes. What Daddy you could, Top okay, says. can we can we just call him Mr. Threehorn? Is that better? No, that is not better at all. What are you there, talking about? Oh yeah, that's like some fifty shades of gray shit like, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh-huh. 50, 50 shades of horn. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Mm. Sarah's father says basically um says like basically is like uh, yeah, three we horned, don't hang out, yeah, yeah, three we don't horns, hang out with them. Yeah. But then, like on, but then what, what his what uh what Littlefoot's mom says is basically like, I don't know, like we just keep separate because like, I don't know, we just do. That's how it's been. That's what she says. Like that's how yeah. it's always been. Which yeah. is yeah, which shows that kind of like that generational learning of like, oh, nobody knows why we're doing this horrible thing. Yeah. It's just kind of how it's it's always been done. And that's segregation. Yeah, segregation. And that's why the kids coming together as like basically their own herd is so cool and so fascinating because they yeah. all are a different species. It's it's five of them and they're each a different one. And mm. it shows them like getting together and being like friends. And then when they get to the Great Valley, all of the other dinosaurs are there too. It's not just like Littlefoot's um you know, it's not just long necks there. It's all of them mm-hmm. are kind of coming together um, to to be at the Great Valley. Yeah. Yeah. That there's yeah. this, yeah. like, there's this utopia where we can all live together and it won't be fucking weird, providing you don't bring your racist-ass daddy. Um. Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have to live. I feel like the dad could have died somewhere. I think it would have been funny if he fine. saw Sarah coming and he's like, Sarah! And then he had a heart attack and just died right there. Or just like another dinosaur just like stabs him with like Ooh, a knife yeah. or something. Stabs yeah. him with a knife, like a real knife. <laughs> like, like a fancy metal knife, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now we're talking. Like Daddy Tops died on his way back to his home planet. Oh yes. Holy shit. Like I I will commend this movie for like doing a doing a good job without it being over the top because I think that that is a message that can be very over the top or it can be just unaddressed, which is what they do in the rest of the movies after this, which is just not address the racism. Mm-hmm. Um it now, just keeps yeah. happening <laughs> until eventually the dad stops showing up. Um, <laughs> At which point I'm like, well, fuck. It does mm-hmm. start to seem like he was the goddamn problem. But also not for nothing, Sarah did get kind of extremely annoying. Yes. Um, <laughs> like just, I mean, like, fair, but also I love her. I'm sorry. Yeah. She's, oh, no, uh, you're not she's, a, she's a diva. I love her. Uh, <laughs> it's um, Oh, my God. You know what's really funny about that is that um, if you go to my um, my podcast, like the, mm-hmm. the image we have, uh, my friend... Um, uh, Rachel O'Hara is an amazing uh, artist. Go check out her work. Um, did the, um, the 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 cover photo uh, in Art for It, uh, the podcast. And I when I when I was giving her like directions on like what I wanted, I said like, hey, can you put like I don't know maybe like Littlefoot and Sarah like on the center or something like that. 
and she said, I will draw Sarah because she's a cunt. <gasps> Jesus Christ. Oh and my like, gosh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, well, that is, that's a bit strong. Uh, but that's a bit of a strong reaction. It I mean, was admittedly... so funny. Like, she's like, no, I hate Sarah. I'm not going to draw her. <laughs> like... <laughs> And, like, the thing is, she's not wrong. Um, I was going to say, no, you know what, she's, no, not, she's not wrong. wrong. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. That's what I'm sure saying. not yeah. wrong. Like, because that little girl got on my nerves so goddamn... Truly, the moment where she lost me as, a, as an audience member, as past a, the racism, like, past the racism, <laughs> mm-hmm. which, like, obviously she was on thin ice anyway... Like yes. it, it was one of those like I get it. We saw where this came from. This is a learned behavior, but also you can unlearn it and stop being a fucking asshole. Um, but then like it was when her um, it was when she decided to say some slick shit about this child's recently dead mother. That was oh, so like, fucked. That was so oh, hell no. Her. Was like those uh-uh. were fucked vibes. Vibes were fucked for like, sure. This yeah. child could patch these hands, honestly. Like I. <laughs> I mean, she also has, like, a thankless job. Like, she's basically the only conflict for, like, the majority of the film. Like, because everyone else, like, likes her. So she she does have that position in the film of, like, okay, someone has to be the asshole. I guess it's going to be me, Sarah. I'm going to be the asshole here. Somebody Um, needs to have us, like, turn in the wrong goddamn direction, like, six different mm -hmm. times in a a Mm -hmm. one-hour movie. Oh, my God. Well, well, that's what's so interesting. But that is necessary, though. Yeah. This film is really light on plot, right? Like, most of the film is just, like, them kind of trying to get to the Great Valley, doing little things here and there, kind of experiencing these these little uh, vignettes. Most of the film is, you know, it's more of like a hangout film if anything like there's not like a really strong narrative which is what i like about it It kind of makes it all feel like more naturalistic in a way like you're kind of sitting in on the lives of these dinosaurs you're kind of watching them do these different things um i know um jenny nicholson complained about that that's why she didn't like the movie which fair i mean if you want (laughs) a narrative in your film like then don't see this one because there's not a lot of it but Mm -hmm. for me like i like that it let like the emotions of the characters, like the gorgeous animation kind of speak for itself right. instead of having like this, this, this strong, like comp, you know, this strong plot. You know I was going to say that is so classically blue too. Sorry, JV. What yeah. were you going to say? Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh- Oh, uh, all I was going to say is so classically blue that the storytelling happens visually. And yeah. I feel like, you know, the last two movies that we watched, we really talked about like the animation and the art style and the art direction and just like how well it complemented the stories that were being told. And even if the story is weaker, I feel like especially like 80s blues animation, it is always going to be a knock out of the park because of just how beautiful the story is being told via the visuals. Yeah. yeah, like that's why I, I mean that's why I like uh, Secret of Nam, which probably has the most the, the complex of of the early blue th- uh, plots. Yeah, um, and then like American Tales, yeah, another does. one of my favorite. I mean, spoiler alert for for, for your podcast, but like this is the last like really good Don Bluth movie. Mm-hmm. Right um, after this, right. They, at, yeah, after that, after this, they all go downhill pretty quickly, and you see like why, like mm-hmm. everything that was great here starts to like not work at all. Uh, later on in his career 
but I would argue Anastasia, but it has been a while since I've seen Anastasia, so <laughs> I well, I know that of all of these movies, the one that I have rewatched the most recently was Anastasia because it was on Disney Plus and I fucking could. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I did watch it recently. There are parts of it that are great and parts of it that aren't. But, like, also, it's just, there's, I don't know. I found it delightful, personally. But that, I can understand why people don't. Like, it's very yeah. easy to, I think a oh, lot of yeah. it, for me, is the nostalgia of the music in that. Which, like, well, is, um, which, uh, well, that and also, like, Bartok in that movie was funny, but not in the second one. Um, what, you didn't like Bartok the Magnificent? No, I'm I kidding. haven't seen uh, it. I, I haven't like, seen oh. it except for that one very horny scene you fucking showed me. I, God I, damn! I, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I kind of, I kind of liked Bart. I remember liking Bartok the Magnificent when I was a kid. I have not seen it since then, but oh, I did like it when I was. My God! When I well, was I was gonna say I don't want to get too distracted because I really mm. want to save talking about that scene for the. For the um, oh, we will the <laughs> Um, but we I will did. say, and for me, I have a lot of nostalgia for our next movie, which is going to be All Dogs Go to Heaven. And I mm-hmm. like in my mind's eye, I'm like, that film is so good. Um, and I feel like I could, I, I would confidently say like '80s blues animation, but you can kind of feel in All, All Dogs Go to Heaven where it's starting to kind of pither and wither because after that it's rock-a-doodle and then thumbelina and troll and <laughs> okay, Central so I, Park. I, I want to say i love mm-hmm. rock-a-doodle even though it's a complete mess like it's bonkers <laughs> insane uh but i'm also uh it also made me trans i mentioned that before we yes. were recording yes. yeah yes. rock-a-doodle rock-a-doodle made me trans um, i need to hear more about that <laughs> wait, but like, wait, i need wait. to hear about the Maybe... even though i haven't i haven't seen the movie yet actually mm-hmm. Yeah, shit. You want to come on that one? I was just you about to say, oh why God. don't we just invite Madeline back for oh Rock Okay. Hell yeah. I would love to. Oh, my God. Like, I I am, like, 60, 70% serious that, like, this film was kind of like an egg-cracking moment for me. But I'll explain. Okay. I, yeah. I'll save it. I'll save the story for that Yay! podcast. Oh, I'm um, excited. Okay. Yes, that'll be great. So Yay. one of the things I was going to say about the, like, the plotless thing here or the... Not so much plotless, but, like, the plot happening either visually or it being, like, soft slash light on plot. Um, Light on plot, as an aside to everyone, is not... that There is nothing wrong with that. I think things being light on plot is genuinely okay, particularly for children's media, where the colors and visuals need to be on point, which they were. Um, Like, that's the the main Mm -hmm. thing is it needs to be colorful. And it needs to be bright and it needs to be interesting, which right. this one is. I argue mm-hmm. with your, I argue with your friend that said that, think about the browns and oranges. <laughs> I, I'll like, send there it to that after. That, like it wasn't. Are yeah. you sure your friend didn't just play like a Call of Duty game instead and thought it was Land Before Time? Like, what is this description? I'm going to text him and be like, you have to listen to this episode because we just are ruthlessly dunking on you, I guess. Okay, question. Did Littlefoot have a gun and or was in the was in the West? Was in the Western battlefield of World War II. Okay. I wish Littlefoot had a gun. This would make this movie Littlefoot just like shot Sarah after she like called out his mom just like fucking just like 
capture the I'm... fucking face. And then we never see the gun again. It's never explained. It's never yeah. shown. There's just a gun, and then it's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh Littlefoot. Remember um, on your podcast when we talked about the last uh, Land Before Time, where there was yes. just like a random pterodactyl, like very graphically drawn realistically? It's just <laughs> like that. It's blinking, you miss it. It's Littlefoot's oh gun. <laughs> It's, it ha- it's there you can't tell me it doesn't exist it's definitely right. there in the movie exactly yeah. exactly it's like, why. Yeah, it's like when you see uh, jessica rabbit's like tits for like a frame it's like that you know oh, yes yeah. exactly so, i did um so i did uh type in the phrase little <laughs> little foot with a gun Fortunately, oh. no images come up <laughs> but, but ironically ironically when I when I typed that in, I typed in Littlefoot with, and then it said a gun immediately after that. I don't know what like, people have looked for this before, and that is fucking crazy to me. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> like, I see that. I just typed in Littlefoot with, uh, and the first one is a gun, and then a beard, <laughs> a dog, a mustache, and a hat. Oh, I love that. That's fucking great. Holy um, shit. I would like to see. Time, yeah. yeah. Sorry. This is a good time to mention to your to your fans and listeners. Uh, do not, unfortunately, yeah, don't Google Land Before Time with safe search off. It is, unfortunately, one of those. So, oh, no. Um, I'm comfortable Oh, no. I'm... I, I think to distract that. from that, we need to talk about Big Fuck Spike. Oh shit! One oh last th- the thing I was saying. Uh, sorry, one last thing that I was saying before oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was, um, okay, fabulous. That's good. Um, was basically <laughs> that like the plotless thing reminds me of a of a thing that I've been thinking about with um fan fiction a little bit mm-hmm. because um, well, spoiler alert because I watched the Sarah Zed video about fan fiction, then I rewatched it again after that. Mm-hmm. After the first Lord of the Rings, um, the Rings of Power thing uh, oh, yeah. came out, because functionally speaking, I had like I was having a conversation with a friend about like why the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Rings of Power, feels weird to people, and a lot of it has to do with it feeling more like fan fiction than actually because we have a mm. lot of the lore already there and already written. And a lot of the story already there in a way that makes sense and is very cohesive and well thought out and put together. But it this whole show is saying, nah, fuck that. We're actually not going to use any of that lore and we're going to rewrite the lore entirely, even though the lore is already there. Now, that's not that's not to say that like fanfic does that just all the time. And also, I'm never talking about fanfic in a way that is derogatory. Right. However, there is a transformative like nature to this type of storytelling where it is we are going to get from point a to point b all of us are going on the same point no one's really like like there is a journey here yes but there's not like a there's not even necessarily character growth like (laughs) realistically i don't actually i wouldn't say there was character growth in this and again that is not (laughs) shade there doesn't need to be they're children um, yes. <laughs> they're children throughout no, I this think, movie. Well, I think no, Sarah well, does have character hmm. growth. And also Littlefoot, you know, grows past his his grief. Oh yeah. His, so yeah, yeah. I, I 
And Petrie lies. Yeah. He goes to the character growth. Well, I guess there is yeah. literally actually character growth. <laughs> they do get bigger also. They get larger yeah. in the story. Yes. A little time bit. Time passes, um, yeah. Time passes. There was actual character growth in time passing. Mm-hmm. But like in the way that like you can have fan fiction that is just like a small little intimate section of life, right? Like just a small slice of life mm-hmm. sort of story. Um and how that can be like an exploration of a certain character or a certain character's dynamic in like a really neat way. And that is a little bit well, okay. I will I hmm. So listeners to a previous show that I used to have, the last show that I had about movies, will know that there is a thing that I said very, very strongly after watching Pulp Fiction, which is I fucking hate slice of life movies. I do. I fucking hate them because that element of like there not being a plot to something like that, wherein wherein the thing is also lauded for it having a plot when it doesn't is a whole Mm -hmm. other thing that's a like and also in live action i find that it doesn't work like there's a certain genre of film that is just that and i i don't think i would ever fucking watch it it's those like i forgot what they were fucking called but i watched a watched a video on them recently because spoiler alert i i literally spend every fucking waking minute of my life on fucking youtube at this point um (laughs) But, like, there is a video wherein um, this person was talking about, like, this type of cinema that is this, like, you'll have, like, a movie that's, like, seven hours long, and it's, like, just one movie, but, like, that's because a lot of scenes in it are, like, drawn out for the normal amount of time that it would take to do something or a set of actions, and, like, it's all slow like that and very, like, yeah, and I was watching another thing that this one was about an animated movie that has similar vibes and I will connect it to this because I think they're happening almost simultaneously at this point um, was uh, Miyazaki movies. It oh, kind yeah. of gives me that yeah. vibe of like really slow, purposeful storytelling in a really methodical way, but that like it does ultimately get to an end point. At the only difference being a Miyazaki movie will easily be two and a half hours. But I don't care if it's two and a half hours. I I love every minute of those two and a half hours. Much like this just being one hour, but I loved every minute of this one as well. Like where every single like where every single like delightful bit of animation is just right there. And you you just you get to follow that story in a really neat and easy progression. And I just really yes. think that that's really yeah. fun. And yes. very nice. And also because it it doesn't like make you think too heavily about plot. You can just sort of follow what's going on very easily. I also will own up to the listeners that I did spend this whole time felting for the first time. Um <laughs> like alongside watching this film because like and I had seen this one before. This was one of the three um the list I I think I mentioned this in other episodes. I've only seen uh, three Don Bluth movies prior to starting this sort of season of this show. Um, and this was one of the three, but it had been like 20 years or something since I'd seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I felt confident enough that like, ah, oh, yeah, I can look up and be looking at what I'm doing and also not stab myself in the hand, fortunately, <laughs> but like also be doing this new activity while I'm doing this. And like, I can look up and know that like, 
I might have missed a visual or two, but like I know that the story makes sense and is concrete because there wasn't much story to it. It is at the end of the day, these characters are over here, they get separated and need to get over to here. And that's just it. Like that's just what needs to happen. So mm-hmm. they do that and then they go and do that. And then they like, you know, they run up against certain things along the way, but they ultimately get there because that's part of the comfort of this type of storytelling is that, yeah. you know, they'll get there eventually, you know, it's going to happen. Right. So even yeah. during those scary moments, you can sort of be like, but they're, they're going to make it. It'll be fine. There's a way out of each like complicated situation that doesn't feel like hand wavy or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with all of that. And I kind of want to add to your, what you're talking about with like, I guess a slice of life, uh, films or films that are kind of uh, low on on plot, uh, which, I mean, personally, I love those kind of movies. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I am kind of addicted to like slice of life anime for that reason. I oh, totally, yeah. Kind of love um, these these things where it's just you're kind of vibing with the characters, kind of like a day in their life. Like, as long as they're doing something interesting, like, I don't see the problem. Like, one of my favorite uh, anime of all time is called um, uh, Laid Back Camp. And it's literally just about four, like, schoolgirls that go camping. And that's it. There's, like, no conflict. It's amazing. And it's amazing. It's, like, my favorite thing in the world. Um, but I, what I think is interesting about this style of filmmaking is that it's much more common in, like, foreign cinema. Like, you know, more of the kind of the not even necessarily like art house films, but like when you go outside of like Western culture, especially like, you know, the American Hollywood system, you do get movies where the plots are like more complicated in the way that they're not always like clean. They usually end very messy like that. That style of filmmaking, which I I know there's a title for it. I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, it was like seven hours of like. I'm trying to remember. It was a Yara Zaid video that I had watched that um wherein she talked about it. Uh I will link it in the um I will link it in the show notes because I I was, I think it's called I something like hyper realism or something like that. If I it's it's been a while. Yeah. But the point is is that like with things like that, like there's I like them as long as there's like a point to why they're doing it. Like if you have a film that's seven hours long where every action's very meticulous, like there needs to be a reason you're doing all of those things. And I had this experience when I was in film school of like mm-hmm. my teacher literally going up to like the class and saying, this movie is really boring and you're going to fall asleep during it but it doesn't make it any less important or significant. And we would watch the film and he was right. I fell asleep watching the movie, but it's like, there's some other kind of thing going on. Like film doesn't have to like always have like a strict plot. Like it definitely does not have to have the fucking hero's journey. Less film should have it honestly, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, but like also films can kind of just like, vibe like as long as it's there's like a reason for it and you're not doing it just to be like i don't know a a piece of shit a pretentious piece of shit or whatever which i mean there's an argument about what counts as pretension or not but Mm. i think you can yeah we usually kind of know like the point is if you get like an emotional reaction from something if you're if the film is affecting you in a certain way then that's the correct way for that 
film to be like Miyazaki films. Like I love my neighbor Totoro, even though there's like not oh. a lot happens in that film yes. from a plot perspective, but Oh my God, is it incredible? Now, if the film was bad, you know, because the, it goes nowhere and there's nothing else to kind of like keep your attention, then that's a whole different argument. But the film is doing something specific by saying like, we're going to focus on these elements. Like this is the focus, this is the journey. And that's what makes you want to follow it, which is the characters, the beautiful animation, where everything's going. It, film is such a complex medium that it doesn't have to just be a book or a even like a narrative book in just like visual form. You know, it can yeah. be so many things. Well, yeah. Totally. And I was just about to say, when I was in college, I did a lot of research on um, independent animation and animated films. And a lot of them are just like, you know, again, like you were saying, it's not a narrative. It's not a book. It was just art. And, you know, I don't want to say, you know, boil down land before time like that, because clearly it is just kind of this weird dinosaur slice of life. <laughs> um but, uh, you know, take away it, it, Spielberg kind of, I thought, had a point with maybe not having dialogue. Um, you know, I, mm. I would I like this movie a lot more and it's much more moving and I understand it a lot better. But even without the dialogue, you could see visually what's happening, emotionally what's happening. Like if yeah. if Don Bluth chose to, like, make a completely silent animated piece of something, you know, of art, I think we could still take away a clear story or clear information much like yes. any pieces of art you know um mm, totally. you know you don't go to an art museum and look at a painting and go yes i need to know the whole story and maybe you do but i personally go to art museums and look at a piece of work and i go this is fascinating and this is how i'm relating it to me and if there's a story behind it cool if not then cool you know um all that being said, I do think that, uh, you know, I actually was someone who um, never really attached to Slice of Life until I was a little bit older, like in the past few years. I didn't even like Miyazaki films for a long time, just because I was like, <gasps> mm -hmm. I know, sacrilege. <laughs> uh, I kidding. thought they were beautiful. Don't get don't get that oh, twisted. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not like stupid. <laughs> even, spir even, even Spirited Away. I love that movie when I was a kid. I, it was just the was pacing the for me. Like when I was younger, the pacing was just too slow and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But as you, as I've gotten older, I've taken much more of an appreciation. This is going to be super sacrilege, but I did not like Over the Garden Wall when it came out because I thought the pacing was super slow. I um, can understand but, that. Yeah, even yeah. that uh, feels very fast to me. But I can totally get. I totally get that. Yeah, I think compared like, to like the cartoons that also came out around that time, it is like a a, a much smaller. I mean, not, not a much, much slower show. Like, I was kind of expecting something like Adventure Time watching it, but it really yeah. isn't. It's a very different kind of cartoon. And I, I do appreciate it, and I like it uh, now. But when it came out, I was like, dang, this needs to move faster. And same thing for, actually, it's interesting you brought this up specifically. I'd argue the same thing for Land Before Time, because we had a bunch of Land Before Times when I was a kid on VHS. And it wasn't my favorite it was simply a movie that my mother would, you know, put in the VHS player and I'd be like, okay, sit down now. But now I'm older and I did appreciate kind of that pacing more. I did appreciate that slice of lifeness. Um, and I did appreciate the kind of emotional and uh, evocative aspect of it. Like, I think the past few films we've been watching have been real this like 
really interesting core this really interesting like kind of idea like secret of nim uh rat uprising baby who said what no um, no yeah. um, and but oh like and then like american tale really being about like russian jewish immigrants you know uh and now this movie you know a lot of it's talking about grief and and kind of being pushed out of your land and i feel like you know those are such fascinating narratives that kids don't necessarily have to pick up on to enjoy the film. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, no, 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 no. Actually, yes, I agree. I agree with yeah. you, Val. I, I, I'm even going to add to that. Like as a kid, I watched a lot of these sequels, at least up to like seven mm-hmm. of these mm-hmm. land before. And I'm almost positive. I like the sequels more probably because there was just like more songs, more all right, that I stuff. shouldn't have said their name. Oh no! Ah, bleep that out, uh, JV. Uh, Just have. Uh, I'm telling bleep. bleep. Oh, man. I'm telling I'll bleep. bleep it. Need to <laughs> yeah. add the. Need to no, add like bleep when timer. I was a, when I was a kid, like I loved like all the dumb seat. Like I loved Chomper, the little little T Rex guy, and all that yeah. stuff. And I just um, you know, but like as I've gotten older and I had to rewatch these films for the podcast, I'm like. Oh my God, these are like almost unwatchable. Some of them are unwatchable. Some of them, some of them aren't, some of them are okay. Like we had mm. in, at the end of our podcast, we did like a finale episode where we ranked all of our films and we said, we're not putting Land Before Time in here. That's a real movie. That's the best. Let's ignore that. <laughs> let's, 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 let's only talk about the sequels. And um, we did like agree that like one or two were like close to being like good real movies. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of them are like what you watched, Val, which is like almost unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. I love to see Reba McIntyre just kind of vibing in that oh my one. God. And the realistic <laughs> the realistic dinosaur that okay. or or big nose big nose the dinosaur everyone loves and is oh, always talking about yeah yeah classic oh big God. nose <laughs> so like okay hmm all right a couple things one i think that slice of life just works better in animation i don't i i'm just going to make that objective statement i think it works better in animation i don't i don't have a reason for that now i'm thinking think i'm trying does. to think of like slice i know there's a slice of life live action that i've seen that i like i'm just trying i got to remember give I'll me a minute honest, on this I truly i'm going to think about can't it. think of a single one because like again the things that i think of as being just like or rather than it being slice of life i suppose in that case it's more a day in the life situation um, for most of like the live action ones, because I don't like there are certain I don't know, I guess like the the location, not location, what's the oh. word I'm looking for? The setting is important. So like the fact that this one is a slice of life film, absolutely, but it's set in like it's set in prehistoric like times or whatever. Mm-hmm. like that that makes sense. That makes sense for why, like, that make that adds a bit of interest to it. So it's not like we're, I'm I'm just watching the common human experience like just over and over again. Um, but at the same time, like watching, I I I am gonna compare this to watching Miyazaki because it really genuinely true does does just have that same vibe in the deep emotions it hits. Also, not for nothing that being surrounded by 
like the characters and the story being surrounded by a fuck ton of tragedy and just mm-hmm. having to survive that shit. And like, I'm sorry, the earth broke the fuck open and separated them from their parents. Can we talk about trauma? Like that's yeah. traumatizing as shit. And oh then my God. like and then we just have to like the character was like, well, I guess we just have to fucking keep going. I guess like, I don't know, our parents think we're all dead. So like there's that. And I guess we just have to fucking try oh. to survive. I will I like, say, dark real quick, shit, but like it's real cool. Mm-hmm. Real quick, uh, Breakfast Club is a slice of life, as is. Um, oh, I love. I like Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. Breakfast Lady, Club, I think, is fun. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is also like a slice of life. Basically, Lady Bird. Right? Lady Bird. I love um, Lady Bird. All right. I have not seen Lady Bird. It is on it's on my list of ones to watch and I even rented it I think at one point I have to re-rent it but like it's fine. Um or find it on streaming. Uh <laughs> this is There's not sponsored by a VPN. Well, it's like a but lot I wish of it was. Mm. It's more it's more common in like yeah, like indie films kind of like the art house yeah. films. Like now, basically movies that are light on plot. Maybe not necessarily slice of life, but like the plot is like not as important as like everything yeah. else. I was going to say on. now this is a list of the top I won't read them all. The top like 11 or 12 incredible slice of life movies from whatnerd.com. The number one one is Lost in Translation, which I think is just a bad film. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that film in a long time. I don't remember anything about it. I fully then, saw that movie when I was 17. Fucking a mis- That was a fucking mistake, I wrote, first I of wrote all. I wrote a paper in college about how much I did not like that film. But the yeah. second one is Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? A- <laughs> <laughs> the one uh, that is technically pedophilic and stars a cannibal. Uh, we will move on, I think. Yeah, um, I think we got a message. <laughs> this list i want to see what else is on there yeah i will i will uh it does have also uh annie hall by woody allen uh which should give you all that you need to know whoever put this list together i don't like them yes like i don't think i like them as a person (laughs) i think i just reach through their i reach through their like concept of what they enjoy about movies and i realize i don't like them as a person do I normally hold people's film taste against them? Absolutely the fuck not. Unless you liked Wonder Woman 1984, at which point I don't think you're a human being. Um, oh like my I, god. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. not a human being to be at that Yeah, I challenge anybody to tell me, I challenge anybody to tell me what Wonder Woman 1984 is about. Okay? Uh, I challenge than, you. Tell other, me what happens yeah. in that film. Magic oh, rocks! Magic rocks! Kristen Wiig is gay! Uh, okay okay hold on i'm looking at this list and uh american graffiti is a good movie i would agree with that tokyo story is a great film Mm -hmm. um i didn't see the sunrise um some of the war sunrise that's Uh, arguably a bad film but some Uh, people also say it's a good film lady bird Mm. is on here um let's see what else Lady Bird, uh, I would be willing to give it, seen. but I haven't Days seen it Days and Confused. Oh my god, I love Days and Confused. Days um, and Confused is Slice of Life? Yeah. I guess that makes I mean, sense. It, it, yeah, I would. Out. Yeah, yeah. There's not really well, like a plot. You know, it's just them kind of having a fun a fun day. Yeah. It's the last suppose, day of their, of their high school, right? Yeah. I suppose it also helps that most of these are in, that, that a lot of these are also coming of age movies. Yeah. Um, 
And sure. I think that also helps. Technically speaking, The Breakfast Club, I wouldn't say is a coming of age movie, but I also a little bit would say that it kind of is in the you way that it's You wouldn't say The Breakfast teenagers. Club is a coming of age film? Not really large, not really, but like, I don't know. I can't really fully explain why that is. Just something about it. I don't know. Whatever. Ignore that. Ignore that. It's fine. We'll, we're moving on. Because I have I, a lot of questions. Um, really, really, sorry, really quick before, really quick before we move on from this topic. Does, does Elephant count as a slice of life movie? I don't oh, know what that is. About the the movie about the school shooter. Well, that's on to the end of the film. Oh, the Gus Van Sant film. Elephant. Because it's basically just about like kids walking through like a school doing things, and then it just ends with like this school shooting scene. Holy wow. cow! We're gonna really, have to put a trigger warning on this one. Yeah, yeah um, that's all I wanted. Is, that's all I want. It's one yeah. of my favorite movies. That's why I'm asking. Um, I suppose that would probably count. Yeah, that, I think yeah. that would count. Like, I um, think. Okay, I guess my my overall thought on like. On and even then, I would still say I think animation does it generally speaking better in sure. terms of like ones that I will go back to and enjoy. Like I will sit down and watch pretty much most of those movies, but I don't know that I will enjoy my like I will probably have a good time one time and never go back to them. Miyazaki mm-hmm. movies, That's I fair. watch them over and over again and I still love them even yeah. now. Yep. Admittedly, I still haven't seen all of them despite owning literally all of them, which is fucking weird Ooh, uh, maybe like, that's the next fest we'll do miyazaki fest <laughs> it's possible it depends on how depressed i want to get um yeah! <laughs> that's true well, actually like, that's true no you're right yeah i i will link to a uh one hour and 40 minute youtube video that it took me two days to watch all the way through about like just the works of miyazaki i will i have already yeah. put in the in the show notes here that like or in the footnotes that like I am gonna put that in the show notes because I I just think it's worth it. Um but yeah it does feature like this movie features like you know fucking all of the movies honestly feature a lot of natural disasters which is yeah. awesome shit like really mm-hmm. like that's just like I don't know it's it seems like the in the subsequent uh like sequels it all seems like that's the the way that they generate a plot it, it it's so funny like we we had this joke in the series we're just like oh every conflict is like either caused by or resolved by like an earth shake like just yeah. when they're when they run out of plot they're just like all right uh earthquake happens and then that's just <laughs> like it gives you this it's like it gives you this this thought that like the great valley must be like the most unstable landmass on the planet because there's just constant earthquakes like days apart from each other. Like everyone should be dead on in the in the Great Valley. The Great Valley is Los Angeles. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was fucked up. I'm so if you, sorry. <laughs> if you want to if you want to know more uh, uh, technical inaccuracies, uh, listen to Land Before Timeland, where my co-host Chris, the Dino expert explains in very good detail uh why uh the film doesn't actually uh make sense also the animals are like millions of part millions of years oh, apart yeah. from each other oh um, the fact is another that, okay. thing yeah on the on the individual characters like wikipedia pages it will literally say like yeah this character was listed as this and then this and then this because 
we don't understand a fuck ton about dinosaurs, apparently. And and they just kept changing what the fuck dinosaurs each of them were, which is mm-hmm. why they just called them fucking long neck and like three horn and then like all these other things. Like because well, that yeah. was an easy way to identify which one it is, that like isn't a scientific name. But it's which fine. I think is like really yeah, good. yeah. Like yeah, that was the, a good the idea. Film... Exactly. I think it's great. Like I don't care too much. Like I I I hate that like cinema sense shit. Of like, oh, um, God. um, actually, technically, like, <laughs> fuck, well, fuck off, whatever. Technically, you should just leave. So oh I yeah, say to you I will. There it. are certain uh, films where I will, where I will watch them, and I will think, now hold the fuck on, be, but that's that's a problem with storytelling because it took me out of the entire yes, ass story. Exactly, exactly. That's, yeah, that's different because that's a oh, you put plot in here, but you fucked up the plot. In a way that was so yes. bad that I had that I had to stop and think about what the fuck just happened because it didn't make any sense. Like, that's the thing about like nothing in this movie doesn't make sense. Everything in this movie yes. makes sense to happen. No matter what age you are, it will make sense why this happened and how we got from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Without anybody feeling conveniently very lucky either. Like, yes. that's the other thing. Like, there's no, like, I don't need to really, di- like, to really, um, what's the word? Uh, th- that word for holding back your disbelief, but I forgot what the thing. Suspend my disbelief. There we go. I don't really need to suspend my disbelief that, like, the things in the story happen. It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense from start to finish, which mm-hmm. is not a lot of, like, not a lot of movies can say that, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um there are certain leaps in storytelling that you're going to have to make in order to have a story that like, you know, checks out and makes sense. Yeah. Fully. Well, it, it feels like the character, well, it's cause like the plot really feels like it's character driven, like because yeah. there is so little of a narrative, like the, the, the actions just seem like the real actions that the characters would do. Like the characters mm-hmm. are sad. Thus that influences the next thing they do or little foot has this moment. So that, and you know that impacts the next thing that he does it's it's really good i love it so much yeah agreed i yeah so <laughs> it has become clear to me that i have foregone the rating system that i previously used it will come back for the um one off episodes that i'm now going to be doing um for like oh before new we get to movies. the oh, before yeah. we get to the conclusion of the podcast do you yes. all want to hear some uh, potentially um, upsetting information about this film. Only oh, no. if you make it fast, because my laptop is dying. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh god. So, okay, Let's go. so so this film was made to be a Mormon allegory. Oh, the hell! Uh, Don Bluth. <laughs> Don Bluth is a Mormon, and this story is supposed to be the Mormon allegory of finding that paradise place like the great valley is absolutely supposed to be like a utah-esque like mormon paradise kind of thing i'm sorry the so it's not los angeles it's utah is what you're saying it's utah or like heaven (laughs) or um whatever um now you can like same thing same thing same thing now you can do what i do and just ignore that and say uh no that's dumb i'm not gonna think about it but that was 
part that of what they intended when they wrote it. Yes, it's a Mormon allegory. So that's insane. Wild. Holy shit. I think that's the best place to end on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm giving um, I'm, that distressing I'm, them. I'm giving this movie 14 sequels out of 10. <laughs> Let's roll with that then. I so thank you all for listening. Thank you too for coming on to this episode and I will yeah. see y'all in, Thank you. In the in the next few, I suppose. Um, oh wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> yes. I was gonna say, Madeline, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, please. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, uh, my name is Madeline May. Uh, She/her. Um, I had a Land Before Time Land podcast, like I mentioned. It's over, but you can check out our back episodes. Um, at some point, we're going to release the sequel, which is going to be on the Airbud franchise. So, uh, yes. look oh, out, shit. look out for that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Friendly Catwife. Uh, <laughs> you can check out um, some of the music I've done because uh, I do music on um, SoundCloud through the band Inkblot, and there's some other stuff coming in. Uh, basically, just follow me on Twitter. That'll give you updates on on what I'm up to and then the stuff I'm working on. And what's the Twitter for the Land Before Time podcast? That is uh, at LBTL podcast. Great. Yeah. Uh, you can al- yeah. Great. You can also email the Land Before Time Land podcast at landbeforetimeland at gmail.com. I don't know why you would. I hardly check it anymore. But Everyone, <laughs> please mass email uh madeline at at the at that email um (laughs) also uh just just mass tweet madeline just be like you know what from me tweet madeline and say hello just hello yeah make sure make sure you tag val when you're sending me these (laughs) they'll be like hi also at val and everything you tweet at me yeah no can you at jv too yeah, I mean, damn. All, all three of us. Yeah, so, so if you're like, can... yeah, <laughs> if you want to message me about it? how terrible my opinions are, like, please just tag JV and Val yes. while you're doing it, yes. and it's okay. If you oh, want to send me some weird, some weird text, it's like, um, you have a voice that sounds like it smells good. Please, like, tag <laughs> JV <laughs> and Val. I think we should start our <laughs> own dinosaur. <laughs> Our own dinosaur click, and I would like to be Spike. I'm calling Spike. Oh my I, god! You know what? That works. I will go against type and not call Littlefoot, but I will call. Um, I'll call Ducky. I will. Oh god, <laughs> I'll call Littlefoot just because. What's your Petri? That's true. I. A little foot's like a little trans egg. I love her. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she's not out yet, and you are. That's true. Queen. That's true. I'm Petrie. Yeah, Petrie, the anxious trans girl. That's who I am. Yeah. Ooh, uh, tag that. yourself on who you would be in our dinosaur club, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please do. <laughs> all right. Uh, only Land Before Time characters. I will yes. know if you're lying. I've seen all the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Don't Thank bring you that guys. TV show shit in either. I'll know if you bring oh, a TV God. show character. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I okay. Be well, dear listeners. Do as much good work as you possibly can while also taking care of yourself, because girl, it is stressful out there. And of course, stay safe out there, y'all. Mm. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Cinema Tea with JV. If you like the show, please leave a rating or review, five stars please, and let me know what you liked about it. You can also leave recommendations for what movies I should cover in the actual review itself. I would greatly appreciate that. If you feel like following me on social media, feel free to do so. I'm at RedBlackGolden on pretty much all social media. You can follow the show account specifically at CinemaTJV on Twitter. And in general, I would totally appreciate it if you would be maybe willing to share the show with a friend or two, get them listening, see if uh, see if you can get that going. Anyway, I won't take up too much more of your time. Y'all stay safe out there now, you hear? Hear?